humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. That quote, which apparently has been incorrectly attributed at times to the Christian writer C.S. Lewis, is an interesting quote, kind of fascinating actually. It makes an important point, and it does make a point that C.S. Lewis actually does comment on. Lewis said about a humble man, he will not be thinking about humility. He will not be thinking about himself at all. And then just a little bit after writing those words, he explained, if you think you are not conceited, it means you are very conceited indeed. In our gospel for today, we just heard about a man who seems to fit that definition. He's a, a very conceited man indeed. He talks to Jesus about the law. He rightly summarizes what the law says when he talks about love, love for God, love for neighbor. And this conceited man thought that he could love exactly as the law demands. He could love God, he could love his neighbor, but he wanted to make sure. So he asked a question that spurred a story from Jesus, a parable. The man asked, who is my neighbor? And the story that Jesus told ended up saying to this man, really, if you think you are loving, it means you are not loving at all. The man's focus was all wrong. Love doesn't focus on the person, the individual who is supposedly doing the loving. Love focuses on the neighbor, the person who needs to be loved. So as we take a few moments to reflect on this exchange between Jesus and the expert in the law, we're going to take to heart the lesson about love that Jesus teaches. And the lesson is this, focus on your neighbor. The man in our account, the expert in the law, was out to test Jesus. We hear about many examples from Jesus' ministry in the Gospels about where people were setting out to do exactly that, to trip Jesus up in his words, confuse him, somehow discredit him. This man was setting out to test Jesus. Of course, as always, Jesus passes the test. The test is this, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And the answer, the real answer as we dig deep down, the answer is you can't do anything. You've already failed. That's what Jesus tries to teach this man. That's what the law actually shows us, and it should have shown him. But the expert didn't understand that yet. When Jesus asked him, well, what does the law say? He answers correctly. The law requires people to love God with their whole being. It requires that people love their neighbors as much as they love themselves. 
this man actually pretty much directly quotes two passages, one from Deuteronomy and one from Leviticus, and Jesus agrees wholeheartedly that that's an accurate representation of what God demands in His law. The problem is that the expert truly believes that he has done this. And Jesus tells him that if he has done that, meaning really if he has loved God with his whole being, and if he has loved his neighbor as he loves himself, and he's always done these things, and he's always going to continue doing these things, well then, that man could have eternal life. But apparently that still felt a little too broad to this man. He asked the question, and who is my neighbor? On its face, it seems like a perfectly reasonable question, but our expert is asking it for a very specific reason, and it's not a good reason. He's not trying to actually do his best and serve his neighbor and love his neighbor. No, he wants to justify himself. He wants to hear from Jesus probably something like, well, your, your neighbor is your relatives, your parents, your close family members. He maybe wants to hear from Jesus that his neighbor would be his close friends, people he already knows really well. Maybe he wants to hear from Jesus that your neighbor is uh, all of those uh, religious leaders, those upstanding people, people you can admire. See, the man could make the case, could at least try, that to those people he had shown love. But he certainly hadn't loved everyone. He clearly is not spending his life and his time focused on others. You can really hear it in every bit of this exchange with Jesus. This man thinks a lot about himself. The focus is on him. Now, that's not a surprise to Jesus, and it really shouldn't be a surprise to us either. That's how we're born. That's how our sinful nature always wants us to operate. That's a temptation that we fall into again and again and again. We focus on ourselves. We might even try to convince ourselves that we are doing loving things, that we are loving others, and we, we might even want to take credit for it and say, I'm a pretty good guy as far as loving my neighbor. See, it takes some soul-searching to realize, to come to this admission, because you could probably point out an example or two of how you loved someone else. Maybe, maybe you even have a story that sounds incredibly similar to the one that Jesus tells, only it's updated for the 2020s. No doubt, at some point, you have focused on someone else. You've focused on your neighbor. You've helped that person. But that's not enough. That won't do it. 
that won't earn eternal life. Because if there have been those moments, even if there have been several of those moments, all of those moments have been separated by all the other moments. The moments when the focus wasn't on your neighbor, but it was on yourself. When you were selfish, self-serving. When you focused on your preferences and your comforts and your interests. This man could not justify himself by focusing on a neighbor, and neither can you. Because you can't do it fully. You can't do it well enough. You can't do it enough. You've heard Jesus' story. You've seen what he demands and how he answers the question about who is my neighbor. A neighbor is not the person who is most kind and loving to you, and so it's easy to love them back. Your neighbor is a person who perhaps has no connection to you other than he's a person that you come across. A person you meet. The person who was met in Jesus' story is the man who fell into the hands of robbers. He was beaten, he was nearly killed, and he was left lying at the side of the road. Fellow countrymen, supposedly pious people, came by. There was a priest, there was a Levite. If anyone should have known God's law, if anyone should have been able to put into practice this sort of love, well, these were two examples who should have. But one after another, they took the long way around. They, they passed by the man sliding as far to the other side of the road as they possibly could. And then someone else came. Not a fellow countryman, but a Samaritan. Maybe you've heard a bit about Samaritans, how Samaritans and the Jews got along or really did not get along. On occasion after occasion, we hear about how a Jew wouldn't even interact with a Samaritan. We might suspect that the Samaritans felt the same way and they would reciprocate that attitude. Jews who were, were traveling say from Galilee to Judah, they wouldn't take the short route through Samaria where they would possibly meet Samaritans. they go the long way around. Kind of makes me wonder about the man lying at the side of the road, how much of this he would have noticed, watching a priest walk by, watching a Levite walk by, and then somebody else comes in the distance and he thinks, oh, Finally, somebody's coming and he's going to help me. And then he sees, oh, it's a Samaritan. And as excited, as hopeful as he might have been for a moment, it was all crushed and he was devastated. No hope at all. Of course, he would have been mistaken in that attitude and that assumption because the man was the one who is now known to us and our society in general as the good Samaritan. 
he saw this man and he helped him. He went out of his way. He dug into his own wallet and he spent time that he hadn't planned. And he took care of the man himself. And then when he couldn't take care of the man himself any longer, he made sure that somebody else was set to take care of him. And as Jesus explained, this was the man who was a neighbor to the hurt man. Do you suppose the expert in the law had ever done something like that? Do you suppose he had gone that far out of his way to do good to somebody else? Not a close friend or an immediate family member, but for a stranger? For a cast-off from that society? Perhaps, I suppose, maybe there was a time, but I sure doubt it. For certain, if there was a time, that was a rare part of that man's life. And the fact is that examples like this are far too rare in any of our lives. There's only one example of a person who perfectly loved his neighbors like that Samaritan. And that's Jesus. His focus was never on his own personal gain or his own personal benefit. He came into this world focused on the purpose of serving and saving and loving. And he never wavered from that purpose. He was the outcast. He was as despised as anyone, but he didn't seek revenge. He didn't seek retaliation. No, he focused on you and he focused on me. And not to take the comparison in the parable too far, but we were battered and beaten by our sin. We were left helpless and hopeless until He came. He took our sins on Himself and with Him had them nailed to the cross. And then with this same focus in mind of our salvation, He rose from the dead. And that's what empowers us to focus on our neighbors. We can't do it to earn eternal life. But we can do it for another reason, and the reason is simple, that our neighbors have needs. They have been battered and beaten. Sometimes that might be literal. You might run across somebody who's, who's been hurt or injured but at other times, they've been battered and beaten by sadness or sickness or financial struggles or loneliness. And, and you can go to them and you can find them and you can help them. Absolutely, this means people who are different from you too. People who are as different from you as the Samaritan man was from the beaten man. I'm thinking of your political opposites. I'm thinking of people who seem a little strange or a little weird to you. I'm thinking of those people who get under your skin who you just don't like them. They make you angry. I'm thinking about people who just don't look like the polite society that you are accustomed to. 
Jesus served you, and now you can serve them. Serving them probably takes some time. It probably takes some effort. It probably at times requires a bit of a financial investment, and it's not always easy. It's not always convenient. It's not always rewarding, and it's certainly not always rewarded. But love doesn't focus on my own comfort or my own interest. It focuses on my neighbor. And that's precisely where Jesus wants my focus to be. When many people today talk about love, they're really talking about how they feel. And that might be up and down, it might be all over the place, but in general, we love somebody, at least in part because of what that person has to offer to us. It's very different than the focused love that Jesus teaches us. Here's another C.S. Lewis quote, one about love. Do not waste time, he writes, bothering whether you love your neighbor. Act as if you did. As soon as we do this, we find one of the great secrets. When you are behaving as if you loved someone, you will presently come to love him. Jesus says it a little bit differently. He says about showing mercy like the good Samaritan did, he says, go and do likewise. We don't do it to earn eternal life. We do it because our neighbor has needs. We do as Jesus has done for us. We focus on our neighbor. Amen.